Oh, hello there. It's the titular Matt Stewart letting you know that I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia, and then Brisbane, Australia, doing uh, short runs of my show, Dryer Dryer. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May, Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May. Hey, but also, you might not know this, I'm doing a live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart in Sydney on the 13th of May and in Brisbane on the 14th of May. Holy moly, am I looking forward to these shows uh, please get tickets for all of these now. If you use the discount code do go on, that might work. I'm not sure, but worth a try. Really hope to see you there. Um, Sydney especially. Please come along. Brisbane also, though you're buying tickets earlier, better. Sydney lift, please. All right, I'll see you soon now. On with the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart. Now, first guest is about to head over to do her show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's Grace Jarvis. Hello. And what's the name of your show, Grace? It's called This Is The Last Goldfish That I'm Going To Eat For You. A beautiful title. It's about all the stuff I did to try and make friends before I realised I had autism. And it's, I mean, it's done great things in Australia. Yeah. And now you're taking it to the globe. I'm taking it global. So good. Our second guest this week is a first timer on the show, host of Triple R's Breakfasters. It's Nat the Dragon Harris. Woohoo! Howdy ho! You don't go by the dragon anymore, but I still like to. I use it in competitive sports. Okay. So I'm playing in the Community Cup um, this weekend, and people on the field call me Dragon. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. It's a very competitive sport type name. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never known someone to like get a nickname going so successfully. <laughs> yeah, I put I put some hard yards in for a good year, but I did start it myself. Yeah, it was a, a usually a nickname ab- you start yourself does not catch on. Yeah, I know. I had some like early adopters who I think were really um, key in getting the messaging out there, but just it can be done. Wow, <laughs> well, I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, I try have to try every time I go to say a name, I have to stop and say Nat. And I feel like every time we talk on mic, I feel like we only talk on mic yeah if there's a mic if i can well why talk if you can't record it exactly if there's not mics involved what's friendship for if not for content (laughs) that's right hey i should bring in our third guest this week who has written for hard quiz the weekly and aaron chen tonight it's maggie luke hello is that close to the mic Is that, is that all right? Maggie, this is off mic chat, off okay? Mic. Sorry, you don't have to bring on that mic. on mic. I'm actually, um, I always thought it was the breakfast years. Oh, it's the breakfasters. It's the it? breakfasters. Oh. The breakfasters, like musketeers. Yeah, I don't know. That's the way my brain read it for like the past 15 years. Oh, wow. Well, here you go. Big day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> please. Um, please, please, please. <laughs> I know it's you've learnt something you haven't even started. It's great. I think that's something maybe you could bring onto the show. Well, I'll start it tomorrow. I'll raise it on air. <laughs> the three soft breakfast, launch. Breakfasters. 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 I like that. A little toast for ears. And Are we thinking a rival show, potentially? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Okay. Just spell it exactly the same. <laughs> well, we could start it right now. Yeah. This could be it. Yeah. This is it. That's off mic chat. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> so the way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question. Our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and I have to guess which one is correct. Are we ready to play? Yes. 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 So here's the first question. It comes from listener Bracken Markins from Charlotte in North Carolina. And Bracken's question is, what does the slang term source box mean? Oh. What does the slang term source box mean? Okay. While you're writing your answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. And by the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to three points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house, and the house always wins. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that is rarely the case. Anyway, most of our questions come from our great Patreon supporters, and if you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, linked in the show notes. All right. Oh, I wanted to add something to mine. Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even good. It's not even worth it. Just expanding. <laughs> that was a long type as well. What did you want? No, I'm not great on that. I'm much more confident with a pen. <laughs> I got my pen license and I like to use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. Here is question number one. What does the word sauce box mean? The section of a fridge where the ketchup goes? A truck stop? A Victorian era slang term for a cheeky or raucous individual? A defensive football term where you trip up a player in the goal square and they get mud all over their face. North Carolina slang for someone who visibly sweats through their clothes or vagina. Mm. Some great options there, aren't there? <laughs> great response too. Yeah. What? What? Hey, you all mmmed in unison. We did. It's funny you saying the word vagina. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you didn't. That's why I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's put that in my mouth. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Someone For the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anything sticking out to any of you? I'm definitely leaning towards the sweating. Sweating? Yep. All right. Um, can I hear it again, please? Yep. North Carolina saying for someone who visibly sweats through their clothes. And it is a sauce, a sauce box. Yeah, definitely. As a sweater, I just kind of. <laughs> you think of I, yourself as a bit of a sauce box? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lock it in for me, sauce box. All right, what do you reckon, Grace? Um, I think the football mud. Football mud. Zone. Was that it? Uh, your goal square. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The mud zone. The, the mud sauce zone. box, the mud zone. And Maggie? Um, I reckon the first one. Section of the fridge where the ketchup goes? Ooh. Why not? All right, look at that. I'm surprised no one went for the Victorian one. Yeah. Why can you, you pick two? No, you can only pick one. I don't yeah. know why. I guess I thought th- I, I, I don't picture there being sauce in the Victorian times. Yeah, true. Yeah. The pre-sauce era. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with Seems you. Seems, it was tough back then. <laughs> yeah, not very saucy. I, I mean, mate. Have plain pasta. <laughs> potentially, you know, the upper crust. Okay, you know, yeah, that's were true. Hoarding all the sauce. Maybe it's like a safe that they keep the sauce <laughs> yeah. in to prevent your your uh, peasants from getting in on it. <laughs> Do you want to change your answer or you want to? No, I definitely want to stick with. Uh, stick with. Uh, the sweat box. Sweat box. <laughs> sauce box, sweat box. All right, let's go through. Who wrote the answers? A truck stop. That was Maggie Luke. Hey, it's good. Convincing. Vagina. That was Grace. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had 
North Carolina slang for someone who visibly sweats through their clothes. That was Bracken, aka the house. Hey, the good artist. job, Bracken. Defensive football term where you trip up a player in the goal square, get mud all over their face. That was Nat. So a point oh, to Nat there. That's why it took so long for me to write it. <laughs> she added that mud line in. Yeah, all over the face. It was like, mm, I don't know about the face. Oh, yeah. The last two words. I went too far. I went too far. Well, no, it seemed like it went just yeah, well, like, yeah, I got yeah, grace. I heard the mud part. I was like, sure. Yeah. I had to get I, Americans saucy. are weird. Maybe mud is sauce. I don't know. <laughs> what about that I put um, soccer in brackets? I felt like that was a convincing touch, but you didn't I did, well, yeah, realize that. No, sorry. I should have. I wrote football and then soccer in brackets. brackets soccer. So. Uh, <laughs> I was really out to deceive. <laughs> uh, the section of the fridge where the ketchup goes, which Maggie went for, that was also Bracken. Oh, the house. I have to admit I forgot the options. <laughs> <laughs> so you went first, the first one. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can always ask for them again if you need, no, Maggie. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> first one. Just look in the first one. It's like that panic in high school. You just go away. Yeah. Last thing you remember. ACDC, ACDC. Yeah. Uh, that means the correct answer was a Victorian era slang mm. term for cheeky or raucous individuals. Hey. Sauce box. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. You were convincing with your reasoning to yeah. not. I did not remember it. that that was even what mm. the answer was, but <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess saucy, yeah, it does mean like lewd. Uh, all right, that means the scores after one round is the house on two points, Nat on one point. Okay. Grace and Maggie yet to score. Wow. But there's still six questions to go. All right, it's let's truly go. anyone's game. Yeah. Let's do this. Here's question number two. This one comes from Alfie Hanks from North London. Hey, Alfie Hanks from North London, if you're looking for something to do coming up, go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, <laughs> see Grace's show. Alfie's That's question an ongoing is- ongoing plug. <laughs> <laughs> Alfie's question is, in the movie Solo, a Star Wars story, any of you Star Wars fans? No. No. I don't think, even a, a Star Wars nerd probably would know this. Han Solo and Landau Carissian are seen playing cards at a table of aliens. What is the name of the alien sitting to Lando's left? So you basically just got to come up with a, an alien Star Wars name. Okay. While you're writing your answers. Here's some more info on Sourcebox. Bracken writes, the first recorded use of Sourcebox as an insult dates back to 1775 when H. Carey wrote in Honest Yorkshire Man, Sourcebox, the worst is too good for you. Which is pretty rough there. That is rough. Like, why the worst, like murder, yeah, is and that's too, too good, good for a person who's just a bit loud at a party. And not even murder, like a really bad murder. Yeah, like a the hung, worst murder. Hung, drawn and quartered for this person who's is just too good. A little bit <laughs> raucous. Yeah. The online etymology dictionary seems to date it to the 1580s, even older, defining oh, wow. it as. One addicted to making saucy remarks. <laughs> addicted. <laughs> I like the addicted. Oh, I'm addicted. I can't, I can't stop. stop. Oh, God, I need another you're hit. Good. And he's like a saucy remark. Like, I feel like there's a lot of tone mm. that makes something saucy. Ooh, didn't you? Yeah. I'm just thinking of like Austin Addicted. I feel like that's most comedians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't stop. Addicted to saucy remarks. As an aside, while I was reading about this, uh, sass and sassy are words that evolved from the word saucy, which makes sense. I yeah, guess. That checks out. According to vocabulary.com, the word sass emerged in the 19th century from the adjective sassy, which began as a variation on saucy, <laughs> from the idea that words can be zesty, sharp, or spicy. Yeah, wow. It's like flavor profile for per- a personality. This sounds like a shapes, banana shapes biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. All right, question two is in in the movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Who's the alien sitting at the table? Burke McGurk? <laughs> Crispy Weewa, Granddad Plonk, Therm Scissor Punch, 
Fert Larkin Pogs or Splat Plapkin? Oh, I went first last time, so... There's some great names in there. Some I like names. all of it. It's very satisfying on the tongue. Yeah, right. Yeah, it felt great to say. That splat one, yeah. Splat plapkin, The yeah. plonk one? Yes, uh, Grandad Plonk. Grandad Plonk. Okay, that feels... It's your uh, wino granddad. Yeah, it is. Definitely feels like a granddad wino kind of alien. I don't know. Yeah, it took I'd me a while make... to get to granddad there. <laughs> <laughs> My mind works in mysterious ways. Uh, Burke McGurk, Crispy Weewag. Grandad Plonk. McGurk. Therm Scissor Punch, Furt Larkin Pogs and Slap Plapkin. Oh, I like Scissor Punch. I feel like I am think of a scissor kick, mm-hmm. but then there's a punch in. It's surprising. Yeah, I guess it's like a... Scissor Punch. Yeah, I feel like that alien would have sass. Mm-hmm. What are you... Are you writing that down now? No, I'm not. Because it feels like you're like, I'm going to use that later. <laughs> yeah, I will. The second you get any the like, there. passion, you pick up a pen. Pick up like, a pen. I feel... More comfortable with the pen. She's a pure hand. writer. I am, yeah. please. I'm a poet. We need an inkwell for this. Oh, Nat's feather. I'm a wordsmith. Um, no, so I feel like I bowled in the last one. So who wants to go first? I'm going to go with Splat, Splat Macat. Splat. I don't think that was one. Oh, you're adding a new option in. <laughs> Splat Macat. In. What was the last one? Splat Plapkin. Splat Plapkin. Okay, yeah. look at that in for Grace. I love him. <laughs> um, uh, what was the one after the da- uh, the daddy or the grandpa? Uh, Therm scissor punch. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Okay. When w- what's left? Well, you can you can double up. Can I? Yeah, yeah. I think no. I think there is another one in there. I like. Uh, Fert Lankin Pogs. Th- yeah. Granddad Plonk. Mm. Crispy Weewa. Burke McGurk. I want Chris- crispy Weewa. Crispy Weewa for Nat. It's like a donut or something. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, Burke McGurk, that was the house. Mm. I grew up uh, when I was living in the country as a kid. There mm. was a family called the McGurks, mm. and I've always just thought it was the best surname. That is the best That's surname. a great surname. It's such great a great surname. McGurk. <laughs> McGurk. It sounds yeah. like a, a, a family dynasty you, on chicken run. <laughs> and also Burke was like a like a slang for a person who was a bit of trouble. Yeah. Oh, the Burks down the road, they yeah. used to say. So Burke McGurk just. How long have you been sitting on that? Why oh, did no, that ca- that just came to me wow. yesterday. Inspiration. Burke Struck. McGurk, like if you told me that was a character from a Tim Winton novel, I'd be like, yeah, yeah check okay. out. That's a good. That's a good question for a future episode if anyone listening wants to put a Tim Winton character question in. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of wince in there. And is he a bully? <laughs> podcast with oh, I think Winton. Burke McGurk might be trouble. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Fert Lankin Pogs. That was Nat Harris. Oh. Mm. Granddad. No one went for it. Grandad, oh, I mean, it's very believable. Grandad Plonk, equally believable by Grace. Uh, I like the idea of an old alien. Yeah. Mm, it's nice. And they use like modern English words yeah, in names on Star Wars a bit. Like a I bet half bit. of them are called like Jeffrey, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've, got, we've, got, we've tried too hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Crispy Weewa, which Nat went for, that was Maggie Luke. Hey, it's uh, nice. I'm trying Weewa. to weave the word crispy into every pod, every time I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I got one with crispy last time. Yeah. So I, feel like, I feel like it's like a thing that you feel comfortable saying yes yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. And the Weewa, it's nice at the end. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> a splat plapkin, which Grace went for, that was Alfie, aka okay, the yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Curses. Meaning Maggie was correct. It was Therm Scissor Punch. Oh, what a great word. Yeah, Therm Scissor Punch. Scissor That's punch. tricked us because it does sound like the parody of a Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah. I think from what the description said he was in a bar, didn't he? Yes. And I thought tough guy, bar, punch. Scissor Punch. Right. Scissor punch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, playing cards. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's a hands. pretty tough guy. Yeah. 
Uh, he looks like a lobster. He's getting his own oh, spin-off any day now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only a matter of time. And any parents to be out there, that's a great name. I'd write that one down. <laughs> Boy or girl. <laughs> what are you going for? Therm, scissor punch. <laughs> first, both you, first names. We are removing this child from your care. It's not been born yet, but you're not, you're not fit. <laughs> you have to stand in one room and your stomach in another. Yeah, yeah. You're done. You're cut off. All right. Here's question number three. This one comes from Emily Keane from Melbourne, but living in LA. And oh. Emily's question is, what was Pepsi originally called before? For being renamed Pepsi Cola in 1898. Oh. What was Pepsi originally called? <laughs> While you're writing your answer, I'll let the audience know a bit more about Therm Scissor Punch. Got on to StarWars.com with a sharpened shank implanted in one claw and an overall fearsome appearance. Therm is reputed for intimidating his opponents during games of Sabak, which I think is a card game. In reality, he's a mediocre card player who insists on being addressed by his full name. <laughs> Although it's well, un- you would too if your name was Scissor Punch. <laughs> yeah, you're not uh, just going around like firm. Firm. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, get it all out. <laughs> Although it's unclear if it's a nickname he's been given or part of a prestige he's hoping to create around himself. A little bit like yeah, Dragon. Yeah, I can really relate to this guy. <laughs> this what do you mean unclear? He's a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. Someone just decides. This is the Star Wars this, website. This is you a, know. This is the issue I have with fantasy because someone just decides, and then everyone has. It just they take that decision and, and they analyze it and think of the problems that you're like, no, no, someone's just decided that. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. The story. It's done. They can decide it not to happen as well. <laughs> Stop overthinking about it, Star Wars people. Just decide on it at the start. Oh. Uh-oh, they're all gonna come for you, Matt. Yeah. Also, you called it fantasy. They're gonna jump down your oh. throats. <laughs> oh, wait, because what well, it's not it's fan- science fiction. Oh, it's science fiction. Oh, oh no. Maggie, what have Lock you done? Lock your door, Go private on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You're lost. I'm done. Oh, Alfie, the question writer also said, Therm Scissor Punch is a shrimp man, which is cool. Oh, yeah, well. Mm. <laughs> like he, sh- he he fishes for shrimp? With I'll show shrimp you a photo of him. Oh, no, he is a shrimp. Yeah, he's like a shrimp man. Oh. That's the worst kind of alien. All of them are sort of just like an animal, an existing animal made bigger, aren't they? I understand like a lobster man. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And it, is it, am is I seeing correctly, they're like... I think I've worked for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he plays cards with those scissor hands. That's a good Fork. point. Isn't it a good point? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how much he gave so much credit you gave me for that. Well, Thank I, you. I couldn't have given it enough credit. <laughs> I think that's a really good point, Matt. Thank I'm you. Look up that up later. Yeah, yeah there'll be a blog on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, here I go. I was complaining about this very thing, and now we're talking about it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure shrimps have poor eyesight as well. So, oh my god, he's got he's it struggling. stacked against him. <laughs> but you know, for a game of five hundred or whatever, pretty good at, <laughs> at a poker face, probably. Yeah. Those beady eyes. <laughs> Can't read them. Shrimp eyes. <laughs> All right, here's question three. What was Pepsi originally called before being renamed Pepsi Cola in 1898? Unadulterated Pepsin Soda. Mm. Mark's Medicinal Syrup. <gasps> Peppy Cimarelli and Sons Cure-All Digestive Tonic. Mm. Brad's Drink. <laughs> Afternoon Bubbles. Or Whiz Pop Slurp. Oh, last one. Silly, isn't it? I, I feel like they're all a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's definitely there's two in there. Like you could rule out three based on silliness and the medicinal sounding ones is what I would definitely lean towards. Okay. So I'll take the, the medicine sounding one. Uh, Mark's medicinal syrup? If that's okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that's fine by me. I'd love to lock that in. <laughs> I think... For a shilling. I think you're right because I think all old-timey drinks, they were just allowed to market as medicine. Mm. They're like, this is good for you. And it's like heroin in a bottle. And you're exactly. like, oh, I guess. Bring Depends it back. What Bring it back. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we have to go through the common cold without opium. It's crazy. Yeah. We're supposed to be in the new world, yeah. you know. Yeah. She's going back. Um, <laughs> Where's Grace? She's in an opium den. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've, got, I've got a stuffy nose. I should be allowed to do hard drugs. Um, I think Peppy's digestive tonic. Yeah, Peppy Cimarelli's. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah, I'd buy that for sure. Yeah. Oh, Peppy and Cimarelli and Sons do great work. Yeah. <laughs> In the liquid market. Look, I think Afternoon Bubbles has something to it because I see like a lot of people with like patty coats and yes. mm. that kind of shit. Um, what can you do? Can you a Parasol. Yeah. Unadulterated pepsin soda, Mark's medicinal syrup, Peppy, Cimarelli and Sons Cure All Digestive Tonic, Brad's Drink, Afternoon Bubbles or Whiz Pop Slurp. I'll go first. First one? Yeah. I just wonder who Mark is. Mm. I feel like a real, that could be a real red herring or yeah. the answer there. I feel like I've walked into a big old trap. Oh, set yeah. by set by Mark by Mark Mark himself <laughs> Mark somehow Mark's not or really firm. like an old timey name either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like a like a Jason or something. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, the two names. I mean, we've got three names in here: Mark, Peppy, Cimarelli, Mark and Brad. Is as old as time, <laughs> like Brad. I think there's always been a Mark. Has there? I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah, isn't it a, like a, it's Bible a short one? for Matthew yeah. or something? Yeah, Mark. it is. It is a Bible one. Mark was at the Last Supper. I'm pretty sure he was in my primary school as well. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? If he wasn't at the Last Supper, he was peering in the window writing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's classic He's Mark. the very first journalist. <laughs> it used to be called Peeping Mark, but yeah, they yeah. changed they it changed at the time. <laughs> All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Whiz Pop Slurp, which is such a futuristic name. That was Nat. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, almost got you. <laughs> <laughs> no one was going near what it. A tricky gal. <laughs> Whiz Pop Bang. Uh Unadulterated Pepsin soda, which Maggie went for, that was Emily, aka the house. Oh, oh, who is this Emily. house? <laughs> and where is it? Mischievous. <laughs> Lurking in the shadows of your mind. Uh, Mark's medicinal syrup, <gasps> which Nat went for, that's Grace. Oh, Grace. Yeah. That's why you were pushing the mark. Did you have a mark in mind when you wrote that one? No, I was just thinking of a, a generic white man. Yeah. That's Mark. Yeah. Oh, I drank it right Snake oil sta- salesman type. <laughs> I was thinking the same when I came up with Peppy Cimarelli and Oh, sauce. no. Just a generic white man yeah. name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Emily had the uh, digestive tonic. That was a combination effort. Me and Emily Collab. came together to fool you, Grace. It did fool me because, yeah, I'm prejudiced into the old times. They, <laughs> they made everything a digestive syrup. Mm. Yep. Well, I think and you're going to be played right into that. Yeah. I think you might be surprised by the real answer because it does not fit in with that at all. Afternoon bubbles. That was Maggie Luke. The correct answer is Brad's drink. What? Isn't that okay? Incredible? So I wasn't far off with Mark's medicine. <laughs> yeah, right. at all. You weren't. You weren't. Right. <laughs> 1898. Well, Brad's it, it, cha- it was Brad's Brad. drink in 1893 till 1898, was and then the it changed n- to Pepsi Cola. That's the best. That's just like a guy. It yeah, that's so like not funny. even trying that hard to sell it. He's <laughs> like, "This like, is my drink, man. Yeah. If you yeah. want some, you can have some." <laughs> yeah. You go into a bar and go, "Is that my? No, that's Brad. <laughs> that's Brad's drink. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Oh, and it's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so Brad it's created Pepsi. 
Yeah, or a guy called Okay old, Brad. His name was uh, Caleb Bradham. Ah, Caleb. It could Brad- have been Caleb's drink. Oh my god, he sounds like an American football like teen heartthrob. Yeah, I bet he was in the nineties. Not he 1800s. was in the eighteen nineties. Yeah. Wow, wow, we learning a lot. So that means the house got two points that round, and Grace is on the board as well. Yes. But, okay. So a quick score update. Grace is on one point, Nat's on one point, Maggie on two points, but out in front is the house on five points. Oh. Is it really I'm winning in reverse? Yeah, yeah. Mm. How? Well, you're coming second either way, I think. You said I was coming, I was zero points. No, you're two, two points. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning out of us. The I'm house also is listening, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez, your self-esteem is bad. You're hearing two or zero. You're hearing good job is I'm worthless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're up to question number four. Hitting the halfway mark here. This one is by Logan Husky from Brisbane. One of the great names. Mm. Now I'm tricked. I'm like, now every name is a fake yeah. name. Exactly. <laughs> Logan Husky. What are you talking about? That's a that's a pseudonym for sure. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. We don't believe you, Logan. Yeah. Unless uh, it is your name, in which case I respect you deeply. I'm so sorry. Beautiful name. Well done. Beautiful name. Congratulations to your parents. Yeah. Uh, Logan's question is, in 1998... Why did hordes of Americans walk out of the Brad Pitt film Meet Joe Black? In 1998, why did hordes of Americans walk out of the Brad Pitt film Meet Joe Black? While you're writing your answers, here's a little bit more info about Brad's drink. According to a North Carolina government website, so you know you can trust it, beginning in 1893, New Bern pharmacist Caleb Bradham developed and began serving a carbonated drink he called Brad's Drink. He served the beverage from the soda fountain in his pharmacy. Different time, you go to a pharmacy and there's soda fountains. As a pharmacist who had undergone some medical training, Bradham believed in the health, energy and digestive benefits of this sweet and bubbly brew, which originally included the enzyme pepsin and the cola nut. It is likely that these ingredients resulted in the renaming of the drink, although at some point Pepsin was removed from the formula. After the renaming, Bradham managed to purchase the trade name Pep Cola from a New Jersey company, and in 1902 he incorporated the Pepsi Cola Company under North Carolina law. Shortly thereafter, he registered a patent for the formula. It's, I thought I'd finish with a fun fact about uh, registering for a patent there. Hey, while you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, the answers are in. So here's question number four. In 1998, why did hordes of Americans walk out of the Brad Pitt film Meet Joe Black? They only attended to see another film's trailer and left the theatre after it played. Hmm. It was the first depiction of the devil naked on film. Due to an early internet hoax, many left disappointed after expecting to see a weird horror movie about cannibalism. Hmm. The air conditioning broke and it was 130 degrees Fahrenheit. They thought it was a meet and greet with a star NFL running back named Joe Black or they were on Team Jen. 
Oh, it was 1998. So yeah, pre, when did they? It's pre. pre okay, pre, I'm sorry. Pre, I was pre, born in 1998. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything. Okay. I had no information on this. Beautiful skin. <laughs> when did well? So when did the Gen V Brad team? Form? Oh, I, that would have been like 2003, I think. Okay. I'm Team Gen still, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's great. I'm. <laughs> I'm Team both of them because didn't he hit them? <laughs> Oh. oh, I thought it would. One team was Brad and one was Jen. No, it was like Angelina or Jen. Oh, okay. Right? I wasn't born. I don't. I, I, no, I was no. born, but you I don't were definitely know. born. Don't yeah. stop. But stop pulling that. Card. <laughs> so I don't. Have, I haven't got your answer. No. Though, I think. Okay. So why that. did hordes of Americans walk out of the Brad Pitt film Meet Joe Black? They only attended to see another film's trailer. Left the theater after it played. It was the first depiction of a devil naked on film. An internet hoax meant many left disappointed thinking they were going to see a horror movie about cannibalism. Air conditioning broke and it was 130 degrees Fahrenheit. They thought it was a meet and greet with NFL player Joe Black or they were Team Jen. That's what got us off track, the Team Jen. Yeah. I just immediately admitted to (laughs) not getting it right at all. Or is this all part of your game? Oh, God. (laughs) So... I don't have that much of answers. I I like the air conditioning breaking thing. I once did a comedy show in Adelaide in like the basement of a... um, I don't know, weird Freemasons hall Mm. and it was like 45 degrees and everyone was like, um, we're enjoying this, um, but we have to go. Like genuinely the audience (laughs) were like, we have to leave this room. And I was like, fair enough. Let's all go outside. Actually, we're all going to die in here. And that's 113 Fahrenheit. So this is 130. Fuck yeah, I'm going with that. So what's... 130 is nearly 55 degrees. Shit. Yeah, you got to walk out of there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, so, and the, the Devil Naked, I'm, I feel like I missed that scene. I haven't seen this film, so I don't know, but oh. who's the devil? Because Brad Pitt's the devil, he isn't is he? He's the devil, yeah. I can picture him naked. Yeah, God. But it might not be from this film. <laughs> I know what I'm going home to watch. <laughs> I, I'm going to go that one. I feel right, like looking that in for Nat. The devil naked would really do it. I can picture Brad Pitt naked. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of women for a, a lot of time have been doing that. <laughs> and Maggie, I'm going NFL player. NFL player, no worries. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, they were on Team Jen. This might surprise you. That was Grace. <laughs> hey, no way. <laughs> I tried. Sometimes you, you you swing at a pop culture reference you don't really understand and, and you miss. <laughs> and you back it up for seven minutes at the same time. Uh, no, I immediately bailed on it. I did not back it up. I was like, no, you're right. I'm wrong. Then uh, the internet hoax that made a lot of people think it was a weird horror, that was Logan. Logan Husky, oh. okay, the house. Oh, it's a good Logan. one though, because it was kind of that period that you could do an internet like the. Yes. Yeah, people the, didn't understand. As he wrote it, he spelled it meat with E-A okay. as well, but that didn't really come out on the. That's fun. Vocal. Vocal, yeah. Um, it does now. It does now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's I should have said it out loud before <laughs> throw, and you would have all got bus. it. <laughs> they thought they had a meet and greet with a star running back. Named Joe Black. That was the house. Oh. Point to the house there. It was the first depiction of the devil naked on film, which Nat went for. That was Maggie Luke. Yay. Hey, that's good. Well, I, have no, I, don't th- I don't think he is naked in the film. But I, I feel like I would have remembered it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, thought, I was like, she's not going to go for it. Yeah, no. no. I like that. Sometimes people go. I was optimistic. I, I don't yeah. think that's right, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the air conditioning broke. Uh, which Grace went for. That was Nat, the Dragon Harris. Mm. Fahrenheit, I took a stab. You yeah. did? 55 degrees? Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, that right good. on the edge of 
unbelievable. Like them dying. Hell, yeah. kind of understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, meaning the correct answer was they only attended to see another film's trailer and left the theater after it played. What was the the trailer? The prequel to Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> All the Star Wars fellas were yeah. heading in, paying for full price for a Just a film. stay at that point. Yeah. I'd, Just watch the, you know, you might like it. It's like they're making a point of it. Like, you know, I'm actually, I'm not here to see a Brad Pitt film. I'm God. just here to see the Star Wars. How do you find out a trailer is going to be showing before a certain film? Yeah, like, I, where do you get that information? I think it seems so funny because now you just watch the trailer online as many yeah. times as you like. Mm-hmm. But I guess there must have been, you know, yeah, the, on YouTube the- YouTube has really ruined the trailer yeah. watching money that the <laughs> I know They talk <laughs> about Hollywood getting. numbers have gone down. Maybe that's why. <laughs> no one has to go to watch trailers anymore. I do enjoy, I still enjoy watching the trailer in the cinema. Oh, the trailers are the best. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I quite like it. Sometimes even the ads can be all right. I'm always mm, stoked yeah. when I get there in time to see any of that. A fun <laughs> package of like, turn off your phone gets me. If I'm not there on the Wikipedia page for the website reading the synopsis <laughs> to catch up on what I've missed because I'm 10 minutes late, then I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I get there for the previews, oh, what a thrill. <laughs> The Uh, stove's still on. Something's gone terribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So that means there's a point for Maggie, a point for the house, and a point for Nat. Watch your hour. What's the score? On one point, Grace Jarvis. On two point, Nat the Dragon Harris. On three points, Maggie Luke. But out in front, it's the house on six points. Okay. Three rounds to go. It's still anyone's game. Yeah, anyone's game. Here's question number five. This one actually comes from previous guest Andy Matthews from here at Stupid Old Studios and the two and the tip. Two in the Think Tank podcast. Two in the Think Tank? <laughs> no way! Hello, Dan! Two I in could, the Think Tank! I could have edited that bit out if it wasn't for you. Oh. So, Andy It's mess- important to mock the host yes. of any podcast that you're doing. I think that's We're related. Fair. We can do that. <laughs> uh, so, Andy messaged me this question uh, during the week. What do you have to do to be awarded the Golden Spurtle? What do you have to do to be awarded the Golden Spurtle? Okay. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about the Meet Joe Black walkouts uh, from Logan via Cinema Blend. As was reported in the New York Times way back when, hordes of Star Wars fans, identified as mostly young men, were buying up movie tickets for titles like Meet Joe Black, The Waterboy and The Siege, simply so they could watch the Star Wars trailer. After the two minutes of footage played, many decided that they didn't actually want to stay for the film and left the theatre in droves before the feature actually began. Because select theatres were replaying the Phantom Menace trailer after the end of the aforementioned screenings, some movie theatres allowed Star Wars fans to re-enter the cinema with their stubs to get a second preview of the sci-fi epic. Just watch the, just watch the Brad Pitt movie. At the very least, it's just a nice... Place to sit for a bit. Yeah. Sit in a nice darkened room. You might like off, it. Doze off. Watch it. Yeah. What do you sleep. do if you're going to hang around the cinemas anyway? Yeah. Go, what do you, I guess they could Eat be. Eat some snacks. Like what? Maybe that's what. Make it a day. They might be on the food court or something, I yeah, guess. Yeah, maybe. Two hour session. <laughs> I'd just see the film. Yeah. I don't know. Is it any good? You paid for it. Yeah. I, th- I think I gave up on it. I think I did about okay. like 25 minutes of so maybe they were right. I said, I met him and I left. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually like, actually, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> this character, yeah, not compelling. All right, here's question number five. What do you have to do to be awarded the Golden Spurtle? Win a cherry spitting competition in Albany, Western Australia? Mm-hmm. Demonstrate outstanding service or exceptional achievement in the field of turtle and tortoise sports? Wow. 
by producing the best traditional porridge at the World Porridge Making <sighs> Championships. There, there was a wor- there was a World Porridge Championships recently. Really? Mm-hmm. How'd you go? Didn't compete, but a guy <laughs> called Toby was in it. Oh yeah, or was the previous champion? Which oh, this is this, this is a quirky news corner on. On Triple R News. Yeah, actually, no. Breakfast is. Uh, you're right. I've been sitting on this it. too long. Tomorrow it'll be straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Do you mention going. Toby because of Uncle Toby's oats? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out. <laughs> uh, by steaming a dumpling perfectly, getting the highest score at the Kentucky Show Jumping Championships, or winning the annual Boston Nude Relay where the wooden baton is carried and passed on using the competitor's butt cheeks. Ooh. Wow, a lot of detail. So I think, every, like, so you think they're all fake? No, I think <laughs> it's just the fake ones are great. I think people, put in, I feel like people are putting some real effort here and I appreciate the detail is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> can I have a go first? Is yeah, that right? Sure. Yes. Um, I reckon that butt cheek one. Butt mm. cheeks? Yeah, because I reckon that's something that would make Andy Matthews giggle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Actually, using the extra info there. So... And that's I reckon porridge. I'm locking in porridge. Porridge. Yeah. What are you thinking now? I. Oh God, I'm overwhelmed. So much to choose from. I definitely agree with you, Maggie. I definitely feel like the spurtle fits in. I feel like it's the batten. Mm. So that's where it fits in, and then they put it in the bum. Feels like yeah, like a paddle word. <laughs> the bum. Yeah. <laughs> Lock it in. Do you mind, Maggie? No, please let's share. I don't know. I don't think it's up the bum. I'm assuming between the the cheeks. Between the cheeks. (laughs) Then then I change my answer. (laughs) Then that's completely different. Up the bum would make (laughs) it harder to run. I think I'd prefer to watch that. (laughs) It's not up the bum. I don't want to know about it. No, I'm not going to stop. Can you edit that out? (laughs) I don't want to. Oh, I've yeah, the highlights so far of the show. <laughs> okay, let's lock that in. Nat the, ha- Nat the Dragon Harris. If it's up the bum, I don't want to know. If it's not up the bum, I don't want to know about it. Oh, it's going to haunt me, I feel like. <laughs> All right, let's go through right the answers. Cherry spitting competition in Albany. That was Maggie Luke. Yeah, that's great. It's good detail. I nearly mm. went with that. Yeah, yeah spurt. Same. The spurt yeah, has like a spit yeah, of things. spit, so. yeah, that's what I thought. Demonstrating outstanding service or exceptional achievement in the field of turtle and tortoise sports. Oh, that was the house. Uh, well done. I really Bit worked back there from sports turtle. <laughs> Spurtle. Yeah, I, I heard that. Oh, I heard, okay, uh, yeah. You read it out and I heard the yeah, work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that's someone trying to rhyme with turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 20 minutes right there. <laughs> yeah, I get more time than you as well. Yeah. <laughs> You steam a dumpling perfectly. That was Nat Harris. Mm. It needed a few more beats. Mm. Yeah, because I feel I was like, you who fall short in that. You yeah. know, in what circumstance? Exactly. Yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, getting the highest score at the Kentucky Show Jumping Championships. That was Grace. Yeah, mm. again, beautiful detail. It sounds like you all know Spurtle is like a, a wooden stick. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you've all made that connection on a cellular mm. level. Oh, yeah, we, we definitely know that. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, winning the Boston Nude Relay with the Spurtle carried and passed on between the butt cheeks. <laughs> That was the house. Oh the correct answer God. was by producing the best traditional porridge at the world porridge making championship. Oh, oh, that's well what the, the, the spurtles yeah, use for stirring the porridge. Because oh. in Edinburgh last year, I bought my mum a spurtle <laughs> oh, wow. for Christmas and a book about how to make traditional porridge. That and it was like, it had a little tag that was like porridge spurtle. And spurtle. I was like, great, Christmas present for mum, done. I remember the Edinburgh, I was there about. 
10 years ago or whatever, the house I was staying at was a, a local's place, mm. just a, a bedroom there. So I got to use the kitchen every day, made porridge with the, with she the had spurtle. The spurtle. Oh, okay. And I'm like, it's just a, like I use a wooden spoon at home. It's similar. It's, yeah, it's just <laughs> a wooden Only you can't stick. scoop it out. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's like, supposed to be a sort of a mashing right. and a stirring contraption. I honestly think a spoon is probably better, but I don't know if that's heresy to the porridge community. Are you a porridge fan? No. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't were, like I, any foods that are slop. Okay. Because uh. you you sort of have the aura of someone who might like slop like foods. I know it's <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> I really don't. I don't mean that. A sloppy. <laughs> no, I mean that in the way that you you've got an old timey dress. Oh, yeah. You know, back when when porridge would have been. Oh, I love porridge. For I breakfast, every day. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, yeah. I love porridge too. Terrific. But that there. You could have gone because you're I moving to the UK. I do look like I have future. a long t- yeah next year. I do look like I have um, a, a, a stew cooking at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and a, I don't like stew. Got yeah. a bit of an old timey aesthetic, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. All right, question number six is by Emmy White from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow. And Emmy's question is: What is 18th century woman Mary Toft known for? Ooh. What is 18th century woman Mary Toft known for? And while you're writing your answers, let me tell the listeners a bit more about the Porridge World Championships. According to the Golden Spurtle's official website, the World Porridge Making Championship title and the Golden Spurtle will be awarded to the competitor producing the best traditional porridge made from oatmeal, in brackets, pinhead, coarse, medium or fine. Oh, you got choices. You got choices. Don't think they're that strict. Okay. But it has to be made with untreated oatmeal, not with oat flakes or rolled oats, and with only water and salt added. Any porridge made with oats other than oatmeal will be disqualified. Competitors who prefer to soak their oatmeal may do so, but no prior cooking is allowed. That's probably the benefit of the spurtle. I think with a rolled oat, you don't need to bash it as much. Of course. So, yeah. Yes. With your traditional oat, you need something to get in there and mush it up. Yeah, that's right. I think I'm going like the hardcore oats because I get the rolled oats, not the quick oats. But mm. I forget there's a whole nother level. You're on You're on I'm- sissy oats. <laughs> Imagine that uh, the more full-on oats are, yeah, that would be harder work. Harder work, probably sharper in your mouth if you don't mush them enough. More okay. cooking time. Who knows? Oh, my God. What's your favourite porridge topping? Uh, I just normally go with milk. Just milk? Plain. Yeah. God. That is full <laughs> little. That's proper slop. <laughs> no yogurt, no berries. Brown no. sugar or something? No, yogurt cold on honey. hot. Honey. Whoa. Honey. I go, honey. Yes, honey. I, <laughs> I Jam go through or- stages of honey, but then I'm like, I'm getting addicted to this honey. Do I need this to start the day? Wow. Banana and honey is a great combo. Exactly. Well. Yeah. It's like you're afraid so why? the bees are going to stop yeah, which, <laughs> giving wow. it to you. Isn't that true? Isn't that on the cards? Colony collapse disorder. Yeah, big time. I knew you'd have the answer. <laughs> God, I, I haven't been disorder. Should Maybe I get on this incorrect. bee newsletter? What are you? Where are you getting this information? Oh, I think it's that's, been around for a while. I think yeah, that, that's a, a big worry. The bees are gonna go, and that's like the beginning of the end. Oh yeah, I have seen a lot of like signs from people on the street telling me that 5G is killing the bees. Oh, oh I didn't realise it was 5G. Yeah. I'll switch back to 4G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should look up on YouTube as well how bees see a flower because they can see ultraviolet, we can't, and they, can see, they can't see red yet. They can see all of these, like the flowers give them all of these kind of visuals and lights for them to pollinate. So it's very cool. It's 5B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're seeing in That's 5B. <laughs> I don't think I said anything for five minutes. (laughs) 
Uh, just for the record there, uh, Grace didn't clap. Um, <laughs> She's noted. The process noted. The B information. Still in awe. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, you probably want to know uh, what they judge it based on. It's consistency, taste and colour. Color and on the hygiene of the competitor during the <laughs> during the cooking process. <laughs> That's how good. much glove. That's, that on. is good. I'd like uh, that. In did everything. you shower this yeah. morning? Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'd like that judged in everything <laughs> in yeah. most restaurants, yeah. maybe. Yeah, most restaurants. Like I don't care if the chef is on cocaine. I expect that. But <laughs> did he clean yeah. under his fingernails <laughs> before he made yeah. this? Five hats, tea. one sponge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old is this rag? That's my question. <laughs> So they're held annually, and this year is the 30th annual. It's going to be held on Saturday the 7th of October. So please, if anyone's in the neighbourhood, get along, send us some pics. There's also like a non-traditional segment where people make wild things with oats. Cool. Like sculptures or? Well, different foods. Like they look like there was a crock and bush one that won it one year, all these sort of weird things. Ooh. I feel like someone's angling for a sponsor and that might be porridge. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we could get big porridge big on Big porridge. Yeah, watch out for big porridge. Uh, the announcement on their website of the 30th annual event signs off with, until then, be safe, be well. And eat porridge, hey. which I thought was beautiful. Oh, God. That is, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I know. Incredible copy Music there. swells. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping the whiteboard marker. We got it. <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> Print it. <laughs> yeah. You're also wearing an oats hoodie right yeah, now. Oh, my God. Well. I think, yeah. You are angling think. for a porridge sponsorship. <laughs> I didn't, that is Uncle pure Toby's porridge. dead on the phone. Yeah. I do love oats. Uh, <laughs> I reckon that would, this this podcast would be on brand with Uncle Toby's. Yeah, I, I think. Well, if there are any uh, big uh, big advertising spenders out there listening, looking to burn some cash, we could do we could do uh, sponsored questions. Of course, yeah, every week. If Pepsi was on board with that Pepsi question, what oh. a beautiful collab! Oh. Yeah. I know, <laughs> and I've been giving it away for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, here's question number six. What is 18th century woman Mary Toft known for? She designed and popularised the Toft method, a way of avoiding infection and disease by bathing regularly. In a painful hoax, she placed dead rabbits inside her vagina and pretended to give birth to them, claiming divine intervention. Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that does feel like a grace. What? Why did everybody look at me? I don't know. <laughs> this is not vagina my area. I couldn't put my finger Vagina around rabbits? Yeah, that does exactly. seem. Yeah. Constantly being accused of being one of those weird sex clowns. <laughs> I am a straight stand-up. I don't know why people think I do weird shit. Uh, circumnavigating America in a hot air balloon solo. Her priest was convinced her third nipple was a sign from God that she would give birth to triplets who would be great spiritual leaders. Wow. She was the it's first. better than being convinced she's a devil. Yeah. <laughs> Could go either way with priests being convinced of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you'd be sweating, wouldn't yeah. you? Oh, don't mention my third nipple. Oh, it's good? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. There'll be triplets. And what are we doing in the triplets? There'll be spiritual <laughs> Great news. Great news. Okay. Uh, don't put me in the river. <laughs> she's the first person to survive a rattlesnake bite or she burnt down Queen Victoria's Crystal Palace. Ooh. Hello. Wow. So she bathed regularly. Uh, I think the bathing one. Rabbits, giving birth to rabbits, hot air balloon, uh, third nipple, rattlesnake bite, or crystal pa- burning down the crystal palace. I feel like it's the bathing one. Bathing one. Can I hear it again, please? She designed and popularized the Toft method, a way of avoiding infection and disease by bathing regularly. Yeah, look at him. Got him for that. 
Um, I'm going to go. Oh, I do like the rabbits, but I'm mm. going to go hot air balloon, I reckon. Hot air balloon. I like, that's a good bit for the olden times. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just be like, fuck it. I'm going to put rabbits up my vagina. <laughs> I'm not going to live that long anyway. <laughs> Might as well have a good time. <laughs> I'm going to go with the rabbits. Okay. Locking that in for Maggie. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, she burnt down Queen Victoria's Crystal Palace. That was written by Maggie Luke. Hey, nice one. Uh, the first person to survive a rattlesnake bike. That is Grace. Ah. Uh, her priest convinced her third nipple was a sign from God. Uh, that was Emmy White, aka The House. Emmy! Mm. <laughs> Too positive. That's can't be true. The third nipple would always be a devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're being drowned yeah. in the 1800s. She was like nipple. Yeah, no one's no one's keen on it. I reckon <laughs> the Toff method way of avoiding infection by bathing. That was the house. Wow, you went for Nat. That's a good forty-five minutes. I'd say the house took on that. <laughs> no, nah, I wrote that on the way here today. Actually, just <laughs> p- bang that one out. Circumnavigating American hot air balloon, which Grace went for, that was Nat. Meaning the correct answer, Maggie was right. In a painful hoax, she placed dead rabbits in her vagina and pretended to give them uh, give birth to them by claiming divine intervention. Hey, hey, that's crazy. That yeah, crazy? Talk Did- about attention seeking. I yeah, so I'm a bit of a history buff, but yeah. I knew that story, but I, I listened to a really good podcast on it. Oh, yeah. full podcast about full it. Full podcast. Oh, it, yeah. great. Oh, yeah. well, you could probably give better info. I've got a bit of info about it for the listeners, but let me know if I miss anything. Did she die of some form of, form of septic shock? <laughs> no, I think she, she lived on and she was oh, great. apparently um, once the hoax came out, she got a lot of attention for it, but once the hoax came out, she was still occasionally brought out at shows. Hey, she's the woman who said that she had gave birth to rabbits. Well, I mean, it's a good bit. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But apparently didn't have didn't have a lot of success once people knew it wasn't true. Oh. I saw a lady in, in Edinburgh last year pull a fish out of her vagina. Oh. You know, people loved it. <laughs> she's just, she was just ahead of her time. She'd been... <laughs> On board for fringe festivals, I mean, this the lady would us- have been fucking loaded. And did they? And did they? Was she claiming that she was giving birth to that? No, she was pretending to be a mermaid. Oh, okay. Uh, think, of course. The rest of us do it the other way around, so it's nice to see someone pulling one out. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Never apologize. Uh, all right, this is the final question. Oh. We always finish with a movie synopsis, so this one will be a bit longer, Nat. Okay. Like a short paragraph. Okay. So you just write what the story of the film is. And this comes from Colin Campbell from Malvern in Pennsylvania. And the question is, what is the synopsis of the 1986 film Deadly Friend? Ooh. What is the synopsis of the 1986 Ooh. film Deadly Friend? By the way, Nat, this is also worth triple points. <gasps> so it's truly anyone's game. Whoa, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so here's some more info about Mary Toft. According to IFL Science, on September the 27th, 1726, watched over by her neighbour and mother-in-law, Toft went into labour. She had appeared to have given birth to a cat that had had its liver removed. They called a doctor and the next day when Dr. John Howard arrived, the family presented him with the liverless cat. The doctor was understandably baffled by the case. He monitored her over the next month and recorded what came out. During that month, he noted that she had pushed out several legs from a cat, a rabbit's head, as well as nine baby rabbits. He informed local scientists, doctors, and the King of England. While, while he w- she really ran it up the chain there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who's the most important person we can tell? <laughs> who, could, who needs to know this? The king. The king's like, okay. Okay. Is this like a government thing or what? I'm this not, feels not sure like I can uh, be involved. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It feels like women's business to me. (laughs) Surely we've got a department that can handle this. (laughs) 
while he waited for the med, uh, this is while Dr. John Howard waited for the medical community to arrive, he took any animal body parts that came out and pickled them like onions, one of which was eventually delivered to the king. Again, he'd be like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, I guess. I'll put it in the, put in the it gift room. The, just chuck it out. Like, yeah. Why has he done this? Uh, Gotta have a hobby, I suppose. That's true. Mary's fame understandably grew. The medical team dispatched by the king arrived on November the 15th, just in time to witness Toff delivering yet another rabbit. Rather than making a pickle of it, the doctors this time examined the dead parts more closely. One of the king's men, Swiss surgeon and anatomist Nathaniel St. Andre, was convinced that the births were of supernatural origin. He took samples back to the king and the Prince of Wales to show them for evidence. But others had some fairly major questions. For instance, some of the rabbits appeared to be newborns, but others appeared to be three months old. When the king sent a better surgeon, Sorakus Ailers, he investigated more closely and found that one of the rabbits had dung in his rectum. Picking it apart, he found traces of hay, corn and straw in there. So they're going, this doesn't seem quite right. It feels like there's no hay in your <laughs> womb. Yeah, that'd be an equal miracle. Yeah. Uh, Toft explained her supernatural births as having been caused by a rabbit she was startled by while working in a field. Well, at least she didn't fuck it. <laughs> That's true. Well, she didn't say what happened after she was startled by it. She was startled by it. By it. They became, <laughs> became a romance. <laughs> she fucked the rabbit. At the time, people believed that mothers' thoughts and feelings could impact the look and development of their offspring in the womb. Uh, by November, geez, imagine the pressure of that for nine months, worrying about your thoughts affecting your baby's Yeah, that's face. disastrous because most pregnant people are always like, this sucks, this kind of hurts all the time yeah. and, and this is really uncomfortable and you're trying to be positive in your brain so that your baby's face is okay. And then it, something goes wrong with the birth and like the, and suddenly the it's dad's awful. like, oh, great. Yeah, well- I know who did this. Another long, a, a long line of tradition of blaming women for everything. <laughs> uh, also, it's the olden times. They're all drinking. All, they've got fetal alcohol syndrome anyway. Right. They're all drinking tonics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pepsi-Colas. because the water's not good. By November, Toft was being watched by a large crowd of people who had been invited by Andre to validate her claims, which was somewhat of an own goal. Under careful watch, she produced no more rabbits nor any random limbs. Oh, yeah, because she can't go into the bathroom and shove yeah. dead bodies up her mm. puss. A porter was soon found attempting to sneak a rabbit into her room upon the request of Mary's sister-in-law. To make an already grim tale worse, Toft who there is a strong case to believe she'd been manipulated into the bizarre situations, historians argue, was placed under pressure to confess. Eventually, after being threatened with a painful surgery in order to investigate the births, <laughs> she confessed. Yeah, good plan. Yeah. It's the olden like, okay, times. All right, yeah, now, yeah. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. not living through <laughs> surgery. <laughs> Toff was jailed for a few months, but which is wild. For what? For pretending to give birth to rabbits? What <laughs> is the charge? Yeah, Wasting the, charge? Kin, the king's time. <laughs> Uh, She's the Belle Gibson of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she was jailed for a few months before being returned to her life, occasionally being wheeled out as a curiosity by the Duke of Richmond. Meanwhile, the medical profession was mocked mercilessly by the press for being taken in by the fakery and St. Andre's reputation lay in tatters. Oh, I mean, you got to look into it. Yeah. I don't think that's their fault. I think looking into it was fine. Believing it, the was believing the it was the thing that made some people go. I don't know if I want you delivering my human baby. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Having a giggle at your answer. That's pretty. That's pretty happy in the corner. That's typing away the great Australian novel over here. In my defence, I've been up 
since 4.30. <laughs> oh, breakfast radio, yeah. brutal. I really appreciate you hanging up <laughs> to do it at this late stage <laughs> of the day. I hope mine gets picked. Okay. No pressure on you too, but <laughs> it would be nice if maybe you could pick gnats. I picked all the gnats. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Come yeah. on, go for the hat trick. All right, here is the final question. What is the synopsis of the 1986 film Deadly Friend? In this 1986 family favourite, a young boy called Peter moves to outback Queensland to live with his grandmother. He makes friends with a local Jabba gay boy while working after school at the local cinema. Oh, Deadly Friend. He just made friends with an Indigenous boy. That's nice. That's option number one. I like it. Option two, when Bobby's pet dog gets bitten by a radioactive rabid raccoon, mm. he slowly turns into a dangerous beast. Soon town cats, the mailman and more go missing. All at the hands of this mutant mutt. Can Bobby's scientist dad find a cure in time before more of the town falls victim to this man's deadly best friend? So like pet that. cemetery. <laughs> 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 did you write that? I'm looking at you like you wrote that. Oh, God. God. We're turned against each other. Uh, a psychosexual thriller of two friends, Hall and Oates, who grow incredibly close on an international school okay. trip to South Korea. Okay. The lines blur between reality and the surreal on this formative trip. And guess what? One of them dies. <laughs> well. Two friends called Hall and Oates. Is that yeah. it? <laughs> okay. It was the eighties. That was the original Hall. That's everyone. Yeah. Everyone was called. That's who Hall they were Oates. named after. Okay. Or was, was it a tribute? A little cash in? Yeah. Who knows? They might have done the soundtrack. They love turtlenecks. Mm. Is it a crime? I don't think so. <laughs> Got to keep your neck warm. The new kid in town, Paul, is a robotics genius. Mm. When Sam, the girl he has a crush on, falls into a coma, he <sighs> attempts to save her by implanting a robotic microchip into her brain. Oh, no. It works, but she oh. comes back to life ready to go on a killing spree. <laughs> ready. That's, that's, that's the key we word. Have to put <laughs> She's ready. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. That's why we have to put a stop to Elon Musk before he yeah. gets into, yeah. you know. And I feel like comas are really 80s. <laughs> they are, aren't they? There's so like, many comas. No in one's 80s. in a coma. You know, yeah. no one cares anymore. Like no, if, no. If you, in the eighties, comas were huge. They were big in the eighties. <laughs> they were like the Awakenings, and there was that uh, that uh, that one with like that movie with Sandra Bullock or yeah. something. Sandra Bullock, yeah. yeah. Fiance's in a coma, and that's true. No, yeah. That was the most. I I watched that like homesick from school once because it was on TV, and it stressed me out so much because she just kept like getting herself into trouble. And I was like, just bail on this. God, just leave. Either. You don't know this man. Oh, she's, that was one when she sort of lied that yeah, she, she, she was married to him or pretended something. Pretended that, yeah, she was married. Or she, yeah, no, no and good. he was in a coma and her family, his family was like. <laughs> Brought her in. Yeah. Fun fact, the guy in the coma was the dad from the OC. <gasps> oh, Sandy Cohen. Whoa. Don't forget those eyebrows. Mm-mm. Our generation's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grace. <laughs> Your generation's granddad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that our generation has a dad. I think that's why we're so fucked up. <laughs> that's option number four, two to go. Uh, during their junior high camping trip to Cape Henlopen, twins Alex and Sarah and their friends are trying to have the best time of their lives. But strange things keep happening. A cabin burns down, a teacher goes missing, and the cafeteria is all out of sloppy joes. Are these supernatural occurrences, or is there a more likely culprit hidden amongst the staff, the class, or even their circle of friends? Can the twins survive the trip and make it to the end of Camp Dance? Camp Dance. That's cool. That's very 80s too. Yeah, mm. Camp Dance. Camp Dance. Yeah, if they if there was a coma around a Camp Dance, I think <laughs> you're pretty sure that's 80s. 
Or finally, an interpretation of the Greek myth of the labyrinth where a woman trapped in an underground bunker befriends the Minotaur. So there are six options. I'll just go through them very quickly. So we had the Outback Queensland. Uh, we had Bobby's pet dog getting bitten by a raccoon. A psychosexual thriller of two friends, Hall and Oates, uh, <laughs> who go on a school trip to South Korea, which is very 80s, all of that. Um, <laughs> South Korea. If I think South Korea, I think 80s. <laughs> You got the robotics genius, Paul. Robotics is also, I think, 80, very, very 80s. Very 80s. Yeah. I can see the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he puts the microchip in his girlfriend's brain. Uh, I don't know sick. much you know about the 80s, but I know there was AV clubs. Yes, yeah. were big, weren't big, they? Huge. Heaps of microchips what were they? in girlfriend's brains. Who knows? Well, who knows what it even stands for? We can't know. I think it stands for audiovisual. Okay. <laughs> then we had the um, school camp, Alex and Sarah trying to make it to the camp dance. Or the interpretation of the Greek myth of the labyrinth where a woman is trapped underground and befriends the Minotaur. Mm. Anyone want to jump in? I'm going to lock in Camp Dance. It just it really speaks to me. Camp yeah. And if it's not a film, then it should be. And An 80s homage. Yeah, I did like the sound of the raccoon one as well, but I feel raccoons not <laughs> She's so taking 80s. notes. So she can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> She's working it out like it's a maths problem. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like the raccoon is great, but, yeah, it's more. Oh, she's putting her pen behind her ear now. <laughs> more 2000s, more contemporary. The raccoons make you come back. It's all about the raccoon in the, really? the, the galaxy film. Oh, yeah. I think in the Mario film, he wears the raccoon suit. Oh, really? So it's not back. Raccoons are back on the big raccoons screen. Raccoons are huge. Is that a raccoon or moment? is that a flying squirrel? Oh, my God. That's a that's a good question. That's a great question. And I I didn't realise I'd get called out on it here, <laughs> but, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably a flying yeah. squirrel. No, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. No, what? Raccoons don't fly. It no. Makes no sense. Yeah, because he puts the suit on and he he glides. Yeah. Is like in Mario Brothers? Yeah. Has anyone seen it? Uh, yes. What's it like? That was what I would expect a okay. kid's movie about a video game to be like. They just had all the characters in. It was animated. It was animated. It was colourful. Looked yeah. pretty good. Just curious because it was like the highest grossing film or what? Like Really? It was huge. It was like number one. So I was like, what the fuck is going what on? What the Fuck, you it's were like, furious. I wasn't always, furious, but I was like, whoa, really? People always yell at me because I say that my favourite Indiana Jones film is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I was a kid when it came out. <laughs> I saw it in the movies. That's right. It's just the thing when you were a kid, that's when the one that kid. you liked the most. And also, it's the only one where they're outdoors for long periods so I can see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Temple of Doom, where are the freaking lights? I can't see. I can't see anything. <sighs> You may need glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm locking in Minotaur. Locking in Minotaur for Maggie. Maggie's going Minotaur. Minotaur. I feel like that was an 80s thing as well. Minotaur, yeah. big in the 80s. Labyrinth, yeah. fantastic film. Yeah. I'm going to go Coma. Coma. Yeah. Big in the, you've all gone for big 80s tropes. Big in the 80s. I do like the sound of the first film, but it sounds too contemporary. So let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, the 1986 family favourite uh, where Peter moves to the outback in Queensland, that was Maggie Luke. Now, oh. 
Mm. How do I go with the pronunciation there? I think it's Jabbergay. Jabbergay. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an area in far north Queensland. Did a little twist there. See what I did? I, I like deadly. it. Yeah. And the good version. That's, yeah. that's, that's some quick. You should make working. That. Thank you so much. <laughs> Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Radioactive Rabid Raccoon. That was written by Colin, a.k.a. The House. Colin. Mm. Uh, then we had the psychosexual thriller of Two Friends Hall and Oates. That was not. <laughs> I knew it was. It was the Hall and Oates. I looked straight at you and you, you were trying to deflect. You were giggling. <laughs> you were giggling and trying to deflect. You go, oh, did you? <gasps> God, it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Would watch. But also truthful. Like it sounds like it genuinely could have been a film. So yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, the high school camping trip with the school camp dance, yeah. which Nat went for. That was also Colin. Okay, oh, the house. Colin, God. <laughs> Colin, we're on fire. vibing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the interpretation of the Greek myth of the labyrinth, which Maggie went for. That was Grace. Oh, well done, Grace. Uh, Meaning Grace also got the correct answer. Newkintown Paul, a robotics genius, puts a microchip in the girl's head and she uh-huh. becomes a killer. Robotics. They loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. It, it makes the most sense to the name of the movie as well. Deadly yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Deadly friend. Mm. All right. So I'll calculate the scores. You needed the points. I know. I was struggling. (laughs) Is that more questions about bio? Or is it the same amount of points? More points, sorry, for the synopsis? Yeah. Uh, Three points, yeah. Triple points. points. Oh, so, oh, okay. Grace is gone. So so I'll calculate the scores in a second. In the meanwhile, so Deadly Friend was actually a Wes Craven film and it flopped at the box office. It was also canned by critics. 20% rating on Rotten Tomato. The audience slightly more friendly with 39%. The Rotten Tomatoes. Critics' consensus reads, an uninspired departure for Wes Craven, mired by an uneven premise, beware, this is one deadly friend. Oh. This doesn't really work as no. a, like, you mean the movie? A yeah. review, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hate when critics are not good writers either. And you're like, <laughs> well, pot kettle here, man. <laughs> yeah. like, Just at least this guy had a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, here's the scores. In fourth place, first timer, Nat Harris. Oh, I came Three last. points. <laughs> in third place. Not pla- taking it well. <laughs> in third place on four points is Maggie Luke. Woo! In second place on eight points, it's Grace Jarvis. Yeah. Oh, Meaning the house wins for the second week in a row after an eight-week dry spell on 12 points. Wow. Well done. Boo. Yeah, but- um, before we go, where can people find you? Nat, you're on Breakfast Radio every morning. Yep, Triple R. And when's this coming out? Uh, Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll just find me on radio. Yeah. Oh, are you doing something before Monday? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why are you asking, you <laughs> No, it's embarrassing because I'm, like, not doing much. So well, you're doing like, Breakfast Radio every day. True, true, true. I was, and no. people can listen around the world if they want to via the website, I believe. Yeah, you can. Tune in. I do gigs around the city. Follow me on Instagram at Natty's Dragon. Awesome. Grace, you're heading over to Edinburgh soon. That's the main thing you want to tell people about? Yep. Going to Edinburgh, doing the whole month at Underbelly. Um, uh, scared uh, because <laughs> I'd never done a show there before and I don't think anyone knows who I am. So. Are, are you comfortable with people coming up to you afterwards and saying, hey, I heard you on the podcast? Oh, please do that. That would be a, a, a real a real polling. I love when t- someone tells me how the fuck they found my show. Michelle Brazier says that she loves it when people come in like Do Go On or Arnie Donna merchandise. And yeah. She says it's just like, over in Edinburgh. It feels nice to have some. It's like a survey. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, she, she and how did you like hear about this comedian? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also podcast listeners are the 
kindest audience members all the time because they don't want to be involved. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They love to be a third party. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Edinburgh and my my Twitter and Instagram is at Grace Jarvis. Oh no. Um, and I'm on TikTok as well against my will. Um, <laughs> but, you know, trying to market this thing. So, yeah, come along. If you follow me, I'll be posting about it and probably any kind of scrapes or antics I get into falling down some sort of cobblestone hill. Uh, Can you do some, one day of porridge with a spurtle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll you get into it. You owe it to the listeners. <laughs> you owe it to them. They deserve at least this. <laughs> I'll find out where they do the best porridge in Edinburgh and I'll eat it and I'll be like, I still don't like porridge. <laughs> at, Sorry. This is the worst and that's what you deserve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's better than you deserve. Maggie Luke, how about you? Uh, you can find me at, at It's Okay, It's Maggie Luke on Instagram. And I've got lots of stuff coming out, but nothing before Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, what's anything to look at in the future? Uh, no, we're just developing a couple of TV shows. Oh, yeah, you probably so. can't talk too much about this. Nope. We interrupted a quite in-depth meeting before. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do a podcast, Maggie? <laughs> I know you're doing real work. Happily, happily. <laughs> so great to have you. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, listeners at home, but of course the three of you in the room. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please give us a five-star review. Why not? Hey, and hang around for the outtakes at the end. We got up to some real nonsense uh, this episode, and that'll be on after the song. Yeah. Uh, Let any of your friends know who might enjoy it, and cheers for tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Do you reckon that edit's worth it? Uh... You make the call. You make the final call. Oh, my God. Don't put that pressure on me. Do you want it? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Can you pick your own answers to get a point? No, you can't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Curses. (laughs) I reckon that would make it more spicy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Josh Earl will swoop in here and call you a dipshit. Yeah, dipshit. (laughs) Okay, that's happened before, has it? Yeah, yeah. Josh Earl does not like people doing that. Okay. Well, I he's not here. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. But dip that's shit a, move. Yeah. He, that was real. Who's that's the real dipshit, dipshit now? Yeah. Yeah. He called in sick with moments to spare. Let's forget the questions and let's just get stuck in the job. Apparently he got called into an, another job. Oh, yeah. And he forgot to message. Uh, so I, that's, I think it's right that we name and shame. Yeah. All right, let's air our grievances against Josh. <laughs> Thing you hate most about Josh, you go first. He now. never gives me a lift. Okay. Oh, he always gives me a lift, but he, he's too short. <laughs> Maggie. Oh, I don't have much yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great spot to come in last, I think. I've uh, actually a very never kind asked. man. <laughs> he always drives me home. <laughs> have you ever been called sassy? Oh, yeah. Really? I think of myself as a, like a low-key sassy. <laughs> a dry, I don't think sassy bitch. People like don't, a I, biscuit. It's take, like I, someone said that to me once, like, I didn't know you are such a sassy bitch, and that's uh, really stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, okay. Only one I think you I'm have to be a sassy cheeky. bitch to call someone else a sassy bitch. Isn't <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would. Sassy bitch squared. Yeah, I it's like when that confident. snake eats its tail. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's called, the sassy bitch ring. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable chucking out sassy bitch at anybody. <laughs> I don't even think bitch feels right in my uh, yeah, mouth. It's not yeah, quite, yeah, it's not in your discourse, Grace. No. And that's not such a bad thing. No, <laughs> try use it this week. Yeah, see how it feels. Quest. No. You I won't feel- sleep. I feel like it's something I'd say if I was panicking at a party or something. Oh, you're a sassy bitch. Like, I don't know. And everyone's like, oh, God. Uh, what happened there? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, call an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you're gripped, Grace, I can tell. I'm, I'm obsessed. And I like that he... <laughs> 
it's like tonic where it used to have quinine in it to like prevent you from getting malaria and now it super doesn't but right. people are still like yeah have some tonic water it's good for you and it's like it's not in there anymore man and, it's and like, also we're not near any malaria <laughs> yeah i always assumed it was kind of healthy because of the name because it tastes bad but i think it's yeah and it tastes awful yeah <laughs> so what's in it for us i always yeah, thought gene teas no- were bad because of the g turned no, out it was both. the tea it's both as bad the you don't g like tonic no tonic's no What's good. Lovely. There's I no like tonic. quinine in it. What's the point, you know? If there's no what? Quinine. No. Is that what it is to stop you from getting malaria? I was a very anxious child and I read a lot of very old books. So I was very afraid of um, malaria and dysentery. I was convinced dysentery was going to kill me up until I was like 15. I was like, that, this is what's taking me out. Um, that was the scout's fault, to be fair. And also <laughs> um, scarlet fever. I was very afraid that that was going to get me. Um, I don't know why. I, love it. What is- I read so many books where so many of my favourite characters <laughs> died of scarlet fever. Also, the Velveteen Rabbit. I was traumatised by the Velveteen Rabbit. They, like, burn all of his things because oh, God. he had What's the Velveteen fever. Rabbit? That's an old book. It's a book about a little bunny who's his toy bunny and then the kid gets sick and so they have to burn all of his bedding and all of his belongings and everything that's been near him because they didn't really understand how it spread. So, oh. the, so the Velveteen Rabbit gets burnt. It's very oh, my God. oh, my God. That's awful. And I a kid's book, I It's assume? a kid's book. Yeah, it's like yeah. a classic. And then I think it comes back as a real rabbit. I don't know. But I was always like, oh, someone's going to burn my teddy bear if I get sick. Mm. <laughs> Very stressful. So stressed. You just drinking G&T. I know. This is my thing. I'm like, I'm going to Edinburgh. I'm like, I'm staying in like student com. I'm like, what if I get bed bugs and I have to burn all my clothes or whatever? I don't know that that's how they do it anymore. But I think they do over there. <laughs> oh, burn them up. It's all get leeches and, and fire. Also, it's Scotland. Surely that it's too cold for bed bugs, right? <gasps> Yeah, they, really, they're snug, aren't they? I don't really know how they feel. I think they like the tropics, mm-hmm. which is why I refuse to go there. I've just looked up your quinine thing. Apparently in the 1700s, a Scottish doctor, George Cleghorn, sounds like a fake name, discovered yep. that quinine could be used to treat malaria. This quick, this quickly led to a tonic water being drunk by British soldiers stationed in India to fight malaria. Mm. Yeah, so you were... Bang on. Yeah. Is there I read any- a lot of old books. I don't know. Is there anything to as well, is there any basis to if you drink G&Ts like to um, ward off mosquitoes? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why they, yeah, tonic. That's why it was a tonic. It was yeah. A tonic water. yeah. Is there anything to that? That's what that's what it is. Quinine was in the tonic Quinine, water. That's yeah. why they drink G&Ts is to get, stop the mosquitoes. M- oh, okay. Because they're the oh, malaria okay. spreaders. Malaria, okay. It's like you, a medicine flavour that everyone took on board. It's slow on the uptake. I didn't um, I was just think grasp malaria. the thing that he just said. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't listening. <laughs> there I said it. <laughs> yeah, I was no. thinking about the thing we have to write. We have yeah. to be creative and then he throws all this stuff at us. It's a nightmare. Written a short play in Messenger on Facebook <laughs> with headphones on. Yeah, this is a sensory nightmare. <laughs> Scene one, exterior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a whole article on ABC News called Drink GNTs to Stop Mozzies. Here's what the science says, but it's too long. I okay, couldn't, I couldn't find it. the I think We'll never know what the science really says. says that there's not enough quinine in the tonic anymore for okay. it to be sure. worthwhile. You should take um, doxycycline or whatever the okay. malaria medication is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Which, now... <laughs> Now you don't have your pen. Come on, <laughs> yeah. that's what you should be writing down. Doxy- I, I only know that because I'm on doxycycline because it, it, it's really good. Like it gives you really nice skin. Oh, yeah, you do have beautiful skin. Thank you. But it is also like malaria medication. So you're pre, you can't get malaria. 
hope so. Fingers crossed. I mean, I'm not going anywhere where there is malaria, to be fair. Cycling. Never say never. That's true. We all said that about COVID. We said, oh, we're never going to have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Remember you saw that in 2019? Love and live and laugh (laughs) COVID free. bad sweating is bad oh, i actually love sweating <laughs> love getting a good sweat <laughs> it's well, good because you're really good at it <laughs> i do sweat i love it i love saunas i love sweating wow I love humid heat i, I moved just, to melbourne to avoid humid heat okay. i was like i'm getting out of queensland i hate the heat and i feel like don't do you find it's good for your skin Sweating? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think I'm. I always have a sweaty top lip, and then I also have a pimple on my top lip. So those things must be connected. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, might, I you That's know, science. I'm better up there. I reckon. Yeah. In all capacity. Yeah. In Queensland. Come, yeah, I just come back from there. I feel like a better person. Really. It's all gonna. All the sleet and the rain and the comedy down here <laughs> just hardens you up. Harden me up. Well, Grace is going. If you came here to avoid humidity, now you're going to Edinburgh. Yeah, That's I love cold next, places. Next level. <laughs> yeah. Comedy and cold. That's what I love. Comedy I love to wear comedy. a jacket. I've got um, heat intolerance, so I can't, like, um, adjust my own body temperature. So when it's cold, I can just keep putting layers on. But when it's hot, it's just like... Yeah. I can't do anything. There's a final layer. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm I'm just a sweaty mess. Skin off. I yeah. hear that. I'm a hot bug. My feet, because my hair's so thick, I can't, I'm like a dog. I can't, I can't, I can't cool from Me the top Me either, of my head. Oh, yeah. So very thick hair. So I have to have like, that's why I've got these shoes on for all the listeners at home. I've got uh, slip on Berkies in the middle of winter. But it just, because that's where the heat comes out oh, of my body. Oh, it's your exhaust. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you strap up my feet. I'm no good. You're a real like sauce box, aren't you? I'm sauce box. <laughs> You're like, I am. She's running hot. Oh, what a callback. <laughs> I love You're it. like a rabbit. Uh, you know how rabbits can't sweat, so they have to have big ears? What? So the, the rabbits blood. can't sweat? No, they can't sweat, so their blood has to yeah, go the through Prince their Andrew. Prince Andrew. Yeah, yeah man. That was like a race. Hang on. Prince Andrew. How <laughs> <laughs> you sweating? Uh, Pizza Express. <laughs> Edit so I got it first, yeah? You can't yeah, see yeah. it now, but Nat and Matt have just strangled each other. <laughs> screaming princess. We're fiery redheads as well. You know? Sauce boxes, if you will. I reckon you guys could be cousins. Like, I reckon. We are. Yeah, we could be. Yeah, yeah. we could be. And, Quite and we similar. Are. Yeah, I think you, you've got. Well, I take that as a compliment. You've got similar, vi- lovely, chill vibes. Oh, both nice. redheads. Yeah. And you're wearing black hoodies. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if that's That's not, jeans, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that's jeans. That's, yeah. that's, that's not blood relation. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Thanks, mum and dad. <laughs> I oh, used to remember Perez Hilton. Yes. Yeah, I used to read a lot of Perez Hilton. Yeah. What was he up to? Um, he had like a website that would write all of the gossip. He was the original gossip blog. Oh. So there was just think about like how you know how we have Daily Mail and all that crap. Yeah. There was just one website. Just it was one just guy. a dude with his laptop in LA in Starbucks used to um, blog about celebrities and he got <laughs> so famous and so powerful that they'd like contact him and stuff like that. But if you go back to read it, it's brutal. It's so brutal. It's brutal what he used to say about these people. Oh, we, I bet. Were you alive during the OC? When was that? I don't know, but do you Probably. remember? Probably. I think so. I don't know. Like 2000. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. big yeah. then. Okay, yeah. I was alive, already established. But I wasn't like, like Misha Barton era. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he really got into Misha. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Was he mad at her? He was just a nasty individual, I think. Oh. Yeah. Is he dead? No, nah, he's around. Okay. Talking past tense, but maybe you think he's a better person, yeah. Probably. Oh, no, I've seen some of his TikTok stuff and he's still kind of clambering for it. 
Oh, he's a clamberer. He's a clamberer. Oh, get over it, mate. If he's listening, now people are probably writing about him. Yeah. Oh, I saw Perez Hilton getting a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a dog. Full <laughs> circle. <laughs> what a stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about him. Yeah. This is a okay. Perez Hilton podcast. This is what, this uh, is what he wants. So let's stop feeding him. I'll edit it. it cut out. it all out. Let's cut. It's cut. Well, you know, this isn't the theme of you don't want to talk about Perez Hilton. <laughs> Well, you've given us an out, Maggie, and this is what happened last time. You started taking us down these sort of uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful <laughs> tangents. tangents. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this has gone longer than expected. We're going to talk about Perez Hilton some more. <laughs> and he becomes human in a deal or something. That's what I read. That's the oh, pre- brief spoiler. synopsis. That's the synopsis. I, I think know. that's how it I starts. don't know. It felt like you were spoiling it though. <laughs> Well, I'll edit that out if anyone. <laughs> How many things do you edit out of this podcast? Quite a bit. It's a twenty-minute podcast. <laughs> I do, I've started doing like an outtake section at the end, which uh, a lot of people really like. Oh, good. It's fun. Um, is that? I imagine that's a lot of work for you, though. It is. Yes. <laughs> She's panicking. I'm fucking panicking. So I don't know if we explained it right before, but uh, Nat thought she would be pen writing all the answers, <laughs> and then when she realised she had to type them on her phone. She's been flustered ever she's since. She's been flustered ever since. Been she actually I holding the like phone really far away and <laughs> squinting at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah I have bad away. eyesight. Whatever your parents look like texting, that's she's what's happening. She's got a hundred tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. Yeah. That's all I do every time I go back to my parents' house. I get my mum's phone and I close all the programs oh. that are open on it at any one time. And also I check that they're not being radicalised by Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, oh, my you're duty. A, you're a sweet gal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a good Just daughter. check in on what Facebook groups they're a part of. All right. All good. I don't even know. How, nah. I d- uh, whatever. I've got lots of, lots of apps. <laughs> all right. Here's Brag. question number five. <laughs> Brag. <laughs> i got lots of apps. i got lots of apps on here. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Stu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is that about me? <laughs> Bit of fun there. Um. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, Matt. Okay, Stu. Stu. Uh, my friends call me Stu. You call me Matt. Um, fair <laughs> enough. I can take a hint. Question six. <laughs> Your friends don't call you Stu. You've my never old heard do. that before. Yeah, not comedy friends. Oh, okay. Not right. real friends. We're not yeah. proper friends. Not well, no. I th- Look, I think of you as. I mean, I see you still. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught up with a whole lot of friends that I hadn't seen for about 20 years since school. Oh, wow. How'd and it go? It- yeah, lovely. But they, they, it was very strange because they've all had kids, but I never saw them pregnant. Uh, so there's no proof. Oh, <laughs> there's no proof. Yeah, they might have stolen them. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we've got kids at home. I'm like. <laughs> Who are these <laughs> annoying people hanging around you? Yeah, there's no proof. I've never seen you pregnant. <laughs> yeah. You got photos? Prove it. <laughs> They'll have photos, let's be honest. Yeah, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got a document. If I was pregnant, I would be taking photos like crazy because I'd be like, what the fuck is happening to you me? Never you, know? see, you see the like guy growing a beard with a photo every day. Do you see many of the – I want to see the belly growing. Don't put it in the algorithm or it just won't. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll they be already, everywhere. That I does definitely happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My algorithm's all guys growing beards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's like lady and she starts off small and then she becomes bigger and then she comes – and then there's a baby. Oh, it's like, okay. And there's it's a, a lot of right. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't only want to watch Taylor that Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah. It's a genre of Instagram. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm glad I'm not in that corner of the internet. Your, your phone's probably listening, so have fun. Oh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> it's part of showbiz. <laughs> you want to make films? <laughs> <laughs> writing is rewriting, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
<laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.